Welcome everybody to the USL show. This is Phil. Uh, Evan's going to join us a little bit later, but we got a full roster today. It's been a minute since we've had Kevin McCamish. He's going to join us from Play the Kids, uh, the McCamish. podcast. Did I say McCamish? McCamish? McCamish. Also, uh, no more Play the Kids. No more Play the Kids. Oh, I forgot. You were going to step away from yeah, that. The, well, yeah, this, the, we were going to try to do stuff. It's it's not going to happen in 2019, So, but I'll still be here. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to have you today. It's been a minute since you've been on the show, so thanks for joining us today, buddy. Um, one of the two in stat in the USL show stats d- department is Ryan Allen. Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. It's a cold in Greenville, but it's been a good week. Got into grad school on Tuesday. Yeah, that's huge. Grad school. You have to take a really big, long test to even be approved for that. Is that correct? No, I, t- I got out of it. You got out of it for real? Yeah, I, they waived it for me. Oh my god! Is, is that a thing these days? Because I didn't take a test. Yeah, I would have had to take the GMAT, but I was able to waive out of it. Man, is it because you're um, part of the stats department in the USL show? Is that why? <laughs> I, I wish it is, but it's due to another uh, club or society that I'm in. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm happy you didn't have to take that test. It's one of the reasons I didn't even try for grad school. One of many, I might add. Uh, the other half of the star- stats department is Iron Pony Shaft, also known also known as a USL Pony now. Yeah, I figured I could change it. I mean, I think it was obscure enough. That's why people look for USL. They might somehow stumble on my name. <laughs> Maybe. I like it. It's a nice slow burn change uh, from uh, Iron Pony Shaft. Is your handle still Iron Pony Chef, or is it full-on US, USL Pony? I haven't gone that far yet. Okay. Maybe one of these days that changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I think it's a good Tacoma move. Tacoma changed their handle. Who did? Tacoma changed their handle. Tacoma changed their handle. Ryan? Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma. Well done. All right, Let's. so let's start with Are that. Are they in a coma? Okay, there's a, a little uh, a little rivalry commentary there, but to, uh, Seattle two what <laughs> Seattle two changed their name to Dakota Dac- Tacoma Defiance. I'm having a really hard time pronouncing things. That's at least my fifth mistake already. So sorry for that. Um, but yeah, Tacoma Defiance. They have a new logo. How does everybody feel about this logo and and, mm. and rebrand? It defies me. Oh boy! Anyone else want to get those out of the way? <laughs> two, two coma. The new primary logo looks good. The tertiary logo, yeah, that's the word they chose to use. Looks like an album cover, and I still wish they got rid of the silhouette that says "Tack" in it. Ain't no bum cover. Like I said, the the middle one, the "Tack" one, that just changed the "S" to that. It looks like it's considered a spite, Josh. That was my first thought. Of like someone knew how much Josh hated that logo. So let's just keep it. The new primary logo looks good. It's, yeah, it's fine. I don't. I don't hate it. It's not my favorite one, but it's solid. And I kind of wish, like what Luden did, you can tell immediately it's supposed to be Seattle. But yeah, it's not. It's not. It's Tacoma's a different city. It isn't. The funny thing is, it's not on the water, <laughs> is it? Or is it? It is. It's oh, okay. at the very bottom of the sound like the south point of the sound or whatever i don't know i hate washington <laughs> what if this means the new seattle nhl team's going to be called the kraken well i hope they have a kraken good time is this true 
they're I don't know. Team. It's just, I don't know if they're going to be called the crack. And I thought this was a good precursor. To I that like possibly it. Happening. I hope so. Because I, I really like the logo. Like you, Ryan, I think it's pretty cool. Did we talk about the other logo, the, the logo with the arm? Is that what you were talking about? Pony? No. Well, I know that's what Ryan was talking. I don't. Is what? that the torture? Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. The tertiary logo, and it looks like an album cover. So, what is a tertiary an logo cover, Alex Trebek? Do do soccer teams use these tertiary logos, and what do they use them for? Is there another example of a tertiary logo? Like a third logo. I think I think the the smart grad kids just wants to throw away throw around fancy words. Let's just call it secondary. So, well, it's the so. third though, so that's tertiary. We have secondary, yeah, the, primary. Wait, well, what's what's the secondary logo then? The silhouette tag. Yeah. What? Seriously? There's that's a still a thing. It is still it's a thing. Still it's a on thing. their arm <sighs> in the in the in the uh, uniform, which I like. New kids are fine. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, the third one, the ter- tertiary one, is just I don't know. I think it's it, bad. It doesn't look like a, anything I'd ever relate to a soccer logo. Yeah. And I, I still, does anyone else on the planet have a tertiary logo, a third logo? Is that? Colleges. Colleges do. Okay. Your mom. Fair enough. Uh, so that's that. I guess we can all, we all kind of agree on that. Kind of, the kits are kind of boring. It's just like a white one and a black one with the logo on it, right? Yep. Yeah. Seen worse, seen better. It's plain vanilla kind of, I guess what you expect from still technically a two team. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Um, another big one. Let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they announced the format the other day. There, I have a ton of stats here. I'm not going to give you all of them, but it's the 106th year. Um, they're breaking records with this, having the most pro uh, clubs in, in the tournament ever with 52 pro clubs. Um, USL ha- has a, a pretty big hand in, in adding to that number, at least. Um if you guys have heard League One Fun, we've been uh, we've done two shows now. Um, they have more so than me, but I've, I've been trying to get them started, and they're on their own at this point, pretty much. But um, they were talking about um, what were they talking about? Now I'm blanking on what they were talking about with that. But um, what do you guys think about the Open Cup format this year? Oh, they were talking about how it's going to be everyone's going to be upset that there's less and less semi-pro and um, amateur clubs because of all the pro clubs there's less slots it, it don't like every year they're like hey this is the most teams we've ever had in any year like isn't that their thing every year they say more teams like yeah i mean it's been true are lately they, are they well i know it's been true because we add like 30 teams a year in this country for some reason but are they continuing to add more teams and that's still pushing out the amateur spots it is, yeah. So that's the thing, is it's less and less amateur spots because of the slots. And someone, I don't remember who it is, I feel like maybe Taylor Twelman or someone like that mentioned that it just needs to be readdressed. Like, there's no, like, there's a rule for us to have this many, but it's not, like, for a reason, per se. We're a large country, we can make the, uh, we can make the tournament bigger and longer by just formatting it differently. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. clubs in England that go to the FA Cup. Right. Yeah, good point. What were you about to say, Pony? Yeah, I mean, I think it needs to be longer. You need to have the amateur teams make good runs because those make for good stories. I think it was three or four years ago, the La Maniqua team against the LA Galaxy. I mean, granted, that's still a reason to hate LA Galaxy, what happened in that game. But it's weird to see that basically 
a team who they will all go back to their eight to five job the next day, come out and play against the pro teams. Mm. And not only like the pro teams is in USL League One, but actual MLS sides. And we're going to get less and less and less of that for people who have the US Open Cup. We already get maybe one round where there's usually USL teams against MLS team. And then congratulations, you have just MLS teams left playing. Mm. I'd like to see at least more opportunity for teams who otherwise no one in the country would know play and get on a national stage, which is the other problem is there's no good coverage of the U.S. Open Cup. Just put it on ESPN Plus and be done with it. Yeah, I think we all, we all agree with that now, and it seems more attainable now that they've got USL on there in, to such a large degree. And I agree with you. You know, if if Christo, Chris, someone like Christos FC is going to go that far, um, then it's worth putting on TV. Even even when Cincy and Miami both made it to the uh, quarterfinals, correct? Um, two years ago, that's huge. That's awesome. That's right. the magic of the cup. Uh, get that on TV sooner and sooner. Right. I would 100% rather watch some team I've never heard of in the fourth, fifth tier play MLS team in the sixth round than watch the same two MLS teams who don't really take it seriously yet play each other. Yeah, no kidding. Or, it, the, or the MLS sides that field their two sides because that's how much they don't take, they take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, maybe Houston was made for this kind of a competition because they're kind of a defending and counterattacking team, kind of a one-trick pony almost made for this kind of a competition where you're out in one round, but I don't know who's excited to see them go to CONCACAF Champions League, you know? I think they're going to get beat in the first round by that Honduras side in CONCACAF Champions League. There's arguments that they're set up to do well there because they do defend and counterattack, but I don't think so. I think they're going to bounce pretty quickly. I agree. In, in the spot in Champions League, I feel like that should be something that teams get excited for, yeah. but... I know they do it for travel purposes and trying to keep the cost down, but do you think the monotony of playing the same teams over and over each season just for geographic pairings gets a little dull? Like I know um, Wellington played Chattanooga FC about two years in a row, and we lost them in two consecutive seasons. After a while, we got tired of playing Chattanooga. Yeah, you know, I think right now it, we're actually in a really lucky time because there are so many clubs joining, and, and the semi-pro clubs do rotate based on how well they do in the previous season. There's too many of them right now to make it every single season, and that's going to get worse and worse. So I think as we go on, the monotony is going to get you know great, or it's going to be worse every year with that because it's it's going to be more pro sides and less semi-pro sides rotating in. Um, it's going to be the same teams over and over and over. So you make a good point there in the future. But right now we're still kind of good because we keep adding teams. I was pushing for the CFC versus Red Wolves derby, but I just real someone corrected me after I tweeted that saying CFC's not in it, unfortunately. So that's not going to happen. Um, any more uh, Open Cup thoughts from anybody before we move on? I'm still really excited for it. It's still awesome. It's still the best tournament soccer tournament in the United States. Um, it's been around since before England had theirs, correct? 106 years, like I said. So, um, okay, cool. Uh, let's move on. Another fun one this week. I know it's League One, and we talked about it in League One fun, but Ford Madison was measuring snow with flamingos, and uh, one of my fav- favorite comments was uh, they were like, okay, we're about halfway up the flamingo. We've almost covered a mingo. 
And then at some point they they tweeted that the snow has gone full mingo and full mingo has become a thing, right? It has to me. It's a, it's a term that I'm going to be using in the future. Going full mingo. Like Kev's going react- full mingo right now. My favorite reaction to this was that their tweets in that they've gone full mingo got more favorites than Cincinnati's tweet announcing they got MLS. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Look at it this way. Hey, Cincinnati MLS isn't the story we need to be walked anymore. Ford Madison to MLS. <laughs> hey, Peter Wilt and uh, those comms guys, those communications, those marketing guys, they're really killing it up there. All, everything they're doing, it, it's going well. I'd love to see a professional side that has their their main color is pink and they are the Flamingos. Enter Miami. No. <laughs> no. Similar. No. That's not what I meant. What do you mean, Kev? Tell us what you I don't mean. Know. I want. I, I mean someone from the north, which just makes no sense. Philanthropics. It's a, it's yeah. a joke. It's a it's a Madison joke that's been around since before the club started. So at least it's like Perfect. history. But uh, um, yeah, I imagine you're not the only one that feels that way, Kev. I usually aren't. <laughs> All right. Um, another big one. Um, USL East Bay gets permission to try to buy half of um, a piece of property. It's like a 33-acre uh, plot to build an 18,000-person uh, stadium. Um, they got the rights to a team from the USL in 2017, and they're just now getting half of the rights to like they're getting permission to try and buy the land <laughs> just now in 2019. Um, it's not going well, and it and it reminds me a lot of Chicago, USL Chicago falling through a similar deal in that they're they're trying to build what a convention center, a hotel, office space, and all these all these things, and then the USL stadium is there as well, perhaps as a, as a way to try to get uh, the public to pay, help pay for it. Uh, perhaps not. I'm not sure. But um, what do you guys feel about places like USL Chicago falling through? This East Bay is not going too well. Queensboro is being talked about. Colorado Springs is actually working out very nicely so far, and it's a similar project. Um, but how do we how do we feel about this, everybody? It's frustrating to see these things fall apart. I mean, East Bay is actually a pretty good spot for a team. Hmm. Because at least USL wise, right now we have Sacramento, Reno, and Fresno, kind of all hour and a half, two hours away from each other, and East Bay fits right in that. So regional rivalries are a good thing. People never realize how big California is. That's hour big. and a half for me to drive to team. That's it's kind of the same as some in the USL, but. Yeah. It's just, just frustrating to see things fall apart. I'd like to see things move forward. It's good that they're trying to, and I hope they get it through because we've seen teams show up and disappear in the Bay a few times. Yeah, we have. Um, what'd you say? Yeah, that was the name. I couldn't, I couldn't remember their name. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Deltas. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's what I was trying to think of as well. Um, yeah. And it's interesting to kind of, you know, the USL kind of has to take their chance and say, yeah, you can have a USL stadium. You can have territory rights to a USL club in that area. And they keep bringing in these bigger and bigger investors, which is an awesome thing. Um, but it's still hard to pull these projects together. So they're, they're kind of taking a chance on, on giving them the rights before all of it works out. But I just so- don't think their players can afford to, to rent apartment 
down the street in the area, so that might also be an issue. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's a huge thing of California teams um, where there's areas, at least, where there's really high rents like that. Queensboro would have the same problem if they were to exist. Um, and the club usually, typically, will find some kind of lodging for them and supply it. Uh, that seems to be a thing in the USL now. So uh, it's expensive for the team. Um, another expense for them to deal with on top of building all these things they're talking about. Um, do we think this is going to work out? What do you think, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know the ownership group just trademarked the name East Bay Tempo FC, which I'm not too thrilled on the name, hmm. but it seems like with all these places that there's a lot of local politics getting involved, especially with the uh, Queensboro Stadium. Um, it seems like that's one of those that they're getting in line to try and use the land. I know at NYCFC, they were trying to get the land near Belmont um, Park, but eventually went to the Islanders. So NYCFC is in line over in New York, but especially in these large metropolitan areas, it's tough to try and build out because any place that has been built that is available is pretty much either already planned or is vacant for a reason. Hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting if East Bay showed up because then there'd be a team USL maybe half an hour or hour from San Jose while San Jose is affiliated with the team four hours away. (laughs) Also funny. Um, I love it. I love it. I hope it works out. It's a great possibility. So um, we'll see if it happens, but I am, I am curious what will happen. There are a few other teams in the area as well um, on different levels and in different leagues. Uh, Oakland Roots are of note. A really cool club by all uh, by all the visuals coming in right now. So um, we'll see how that all plays out. We'll see how it plays out. How do, how do we feel about how this compares to another, another owner that's um, being outed publicly by another team? Uh, Sean McDaniel, formerly of Chattanooga FC, um, there's been an audit by an official audit that someone put their name on for Chattanooga FC that shows that unauthorized payments went straight to him, $138,000 in total um, over two different years. Um, there were also some large sums that were loaned to the club by someone uh, who was part of the club, unnamed, uh, 25%, cent, 25% interest rate. That's... It's pretty harsh. That's like a payday loan right there. Um, But nothing's proven. How does this strike you, Pony, initially? I I assume you saw the news. I've seen it, but I haven't got to dig too much into it yet. Yeah. So I'm not going to give any strong takes, but I'd like to see how this unravels. It could be really bad. It could be some weird miscommunication, but I don't know enough about it to really too much at this point. I should have gone to you, Ryan, because you're not terribly far from that region, and, and you're in, you're in with a lot of people in that region. What have you been hearing? Again, and it basically, it's just it's weird that like an unauthorized payment would show up, and then, but you know, we've seen a lot of this come about. Just basically, Chattanooga Red Wolves and FC have been just going at each other. Mm-hmm. It's interesting for, um, and I'm sure it's by no coincidence that Chattanooga FC scheduled their preseason or their next match at home against Detroit City FC on the same day as Chattanooga Red Wolves having their first home match, Red Wolves host Ford Madison at 7 p.m. on April 6th, or Chattanooga FC host Detroit City on that same day at 7.30 at Finley Stadium. (laughs) You gotta love it. I think that's kind of what we're getting at, is that this is like, this is all-out war in Chattanooga, that this is... This is the year for everyone to try to fight to, to win the war of Chattanooga to be the 
soccer club in that in the, that city. I will dub it the Battle of the Choo Choo's. The Battle of the Choo Choo's. Um, I'll take that. I'll take El Paso's that. Paso's plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's getting ugly um, because it, the only thing I'll say is that so far there's no legal action, and you would expect there to at least be a lawsuit if someone stole money of any kind, or maybe even. Um, threatened prison time. Um, Sean McDaniel came out and said, we'll deal with this in private. So maybe we'll never see, this will never see the light of day again. And in that case, I would think that maybe it wasn't as big a deal as they were making it. Um, but if it does, I think we'll all, we'll all know if it's a big deal because you can't avoid the public knowing about some kind of legal action happening in a town like Chattanooga, including soccer. But I love that, I love that the, the, the games are happening at the same time. That's hilarious. It's just like more proof that it's happening like that. But uh, that's a good move for CFC to play. Basically, that's the two biggest semi-pro clubs playing each other in the nation, right? Are the Cosmos in Miami, are they in, in, in this whole business too? Maybe they're bigger, but the attendance is biggest for Detroit City and Chattanooga, if I'm not mistaken. I'd say Chattanooga and Detroit City are probably the best representatives of um, semi-pro in the country. Mm -hmm. And really, we haven't talked about CFC offering um, ownership. I mean, that's huge, and I think that's amazing and a really good way to go at a club like uh, USL, honestly. Did anyone else buy shares in the, in the team? <laughs> I wanted to. I think it's a really cool idea, and I really wanted to, but I, I can't swing it right now. <laughs> But I intend to next year if it's an option. I thought it was interesting. I think they were saying that the number of shares that they have is around 25%. And if they're valuing it at the $200 price, I think they were selling it for, that would put the total club valuation at around $5 million. Yeah, That's crazy. I mean, that's a lot of money for a club like that. That's not even a pro club per se. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, I love what they're doing. Kev, would you buy shares in a club like that, even if it wasn't uh, your hometown club? If it was the only one in the country doing it? Uh, I would want to, but I wouldn't because buying shares in general is not really my thing. <laughs> it's more of a business decision than a than a fan fan decision. Yeah, I don't. I have a hard time like. I have a hard time investing my money because I just like to have my money <laughs> or need uh, our money <laughs> I won't. in the past year or so. It's very much been, I desperately need my money. I can't invest it maybe in another year or two as things continue to improve in my situation, then I might have some discretionary funds that I can invest and I would definitely be up for something like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But, right. but now it's just not, it's not even like, in my mind is something realistic that I would do. Cause I don't have, uh, even $125 <laughs> to spare. Right. I, I'm sure you're not the only one uh, feeling that way. I know I am. Yeah. Um, I do want to also say, maybe we can take a break for a second here. My computer screen is frozen. So if anyone's talking to us in the chat, I am so sorry. I've been ignoring the hell out of you because my computer's just, it's been bad this week. I wasn't able to join League One Fun last night for the same reason. So I'm ignoring the chat, and I luckily we're being recorded right now, whether my computer's working or not. So anyway, if, if Evan shows up, someone let me know so I don't ignore him, because Evan should be joining <laughs> us pretty soon here. 
Um, but yeah, let's. I think that's all the news. Anyone want to bring up any news that I might be missing that isn't a player signing? Because that's what we're going to move on to next. Going once, going twice. Good. The first one's the fun one. Let's let's not uh, bury the lead. Pony, I want to hit you with this uh, Anna Voldson signing with Indy 11. I plan to bring up the uh, transfer tracker to see the entire roster. I'm not going to be able to do that. So I'm going to rely on you guys to kind of talk about Indy 11 and uh, what you guys think about this team so far. They're, they're looking like a buying team, right, Pony? Yeah, where did this come from? I mean, usually a team who has money is going for it out the gate or if they got MLS and are now going to go for it. But Indy doesn't have anything, and they've suddenly decided to throw all their chips at this season. I don't know what this move is, but that offense looks really good. The defense, I'm not as sure about, which kind of scares me a little bit, because if they run into something like a Pittsburgh or Nashville's defense, I think that could be their kryptonite. Hmm. I think the thing is, are they going to be... I want to draw Cincinnati parallels given the way their teams lined up, it could either be really good, kind of like last year's where the offense is great and the defense could hold together enough to make a good run, or it could be like 2017 where the defense is just non-existent and the offense gets punished. Hmm. Can't score three goals every single game to get the points. Um, This is a really high ceiling, but also could be a low floor if they don't shore up that defense. Because last year, they are just one of those first-round playoff sacrificial lamb teams. They were, but their defense, I feel like, was stronger than their attack, if I'm not mistaken. I know they're famous for the coach they have for loving defensive midfielders, just loving them and always playing two, no matter who they play or what they do. So I think maybe they're kind of good in defense and they just needed help up top. Which is why they're. I I assume they're they're kind of pulling a Nashville SC here and just signing a million uh, attackers and hoping the defense can uh, do what they did last year. But I can't back that up. I don't know if we have an indie person in no. the uh, well, in the chat. Looking at total goals scored, they're the second worst team in the East on defense. What is, say that again, Pony? So what are we looking at? Uh, just point just goals goals allowed. They're the second worst team who made playoffs oh, wow. in the East. Okay, well then I'm wrong there. Yeah, that's I mean, bad. They still only 42 goals, but so they weren't allowing like 50 goals, but it's still bulge. Wow. For the transfer tracker, they signed eight players from other teams that have. So this is not including the re-signed players. So there's Anna Bolton who we're talking about, Patty Barrett, Tyler Gibson, Neville Hackshaw, Ilya Illich, uh, Dan Kelly. Macaulay um, King, Evan Newton, and Kenny Walker. Yeah, those big yeah. names. Big names yeah. in the USL. The floor is like uh, New York last year. I think that's their floor, where they score 70 and allow 60. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, interesting. But even then, we're seeing an Evoldson, basically, who was tied for second in the league with goals last year, or had the most uh, right-footed goals alongside Haji Berry, tied for six in shots, second league in shots on target. And he's going to be an offensive just powerhouse. I mean, if we're looking at offensive production, that's Lancaster and Evoldson who will be playing with new teams next season. I know. And so that leads me to my thought, which and is... Rios as well. Andrios, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Nashville is stacked too. A lot of these conversations can be applied to Nashville because we didn't give them enough time in the past, in the past episodes in, in 2019 so far. Um, but what I will say is like all those guys you just mentioned, Ryan, I'm, and I'm really, those stats are awesome. Um, 
are they going to be good in that system? Nipun put a nice tweet up about how Indy plays, and and to me, it's just man, it's not exciting. And and I've covered over and over that last year the coach was given a team that wasn't set up to play his system. So that's that's the one like qualifier that I'm going to say. But if that happens again this year, <clears throat> Indy may still win and they may defend well uh, under his system. Maybe they'll do better with his players defending. But I still, it's not going to be like pretty soccer. It's not going to be something that's fun to watch. And someone like Enna Voltson may have benefited from what I think is an amazing uh, soccer system in OC. And so I'm not sure he's going to perform as well. Dane Kelly, though, seems to thrive anywhere. Um, Pony, how do you feel about kind of all those comments combined? I know that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I like, like I was kind of, that was one of my harping on Cincinnati last year preseason. I didn't know how the team was actually going to come together mm. and it came together pretty well. If Indy could replicate that, they could have, let's see, they could have, I think I just cut out. I can hear you still. Pony? Uh, we might have lost Pony there. Um, Ryan, anything you want to say kind of in that regards? Are these guys going to be able to, to transfer over and, and do well with the, with the teams they've been signed to? I mean, I always think it's interesting with uh, using the transfer budget. I, get, I think what's in uh, um, Indy 11's favor is we're looking at players that they're signing. That's like four guys who played together in FC Cincinnati. So at least we know for a fact they'll be cohesive together. Then you throw in Illich, who's familiar with FC Cincinnati from an, an opposing standpoint. Hmm. Thing, but it's always a difficulty. Like when you see rosters get torn down, torn down in the off season for them to kind of be real, built back up. Everything can look good on paper, but if there's no team cohesion or roster chemistry, it's not going to turn out as well. And that's where a few of the lower sides may flourish if they've kept a lot of their core roster. Yeah. There's, there's this problem, like, uh, I compared them to uh, Man U under Mourinho, right, where they were just, like, signing tons, all the best players they could possibly get their hands on without any thought of how the puzzle p- is put together. I don't know if you guys think – I don't know Premier League as well, but that's I remember feeling that way about Manchester United. Is that something that is maybe holds true, perhaps? I mean, this could either go really well for them and they run the East or if they're just trying to get the best of everything without – uh, realizing any of the logistics behind it could be like the fire festival knock mm. <laughs> <laughs> which i've seen and enjoyed <laughs> um, i enjoyed it too it's just i guess a lesson on is there enough chemistry you can't just get the best people at everything if you don't have enough chemistry to make it all work mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, that's how i feel and that's something i'm, I'm worried about pony i think we got you back do you want to kind of uh, share the thoughts, finish up your thoughts there. Yeah, sorry. My browser decided to refresh without me doing anything for some reason. Well, my screen came back, so maybe just one of us is allowed to work at the same time. Yeah, I guess. We'll figure <laughs> it out one of these days. But yeah, I was kind of saying, Indy, it just depends how well the team could come together. We saw with Cincinnati last year, a team who I was questioned if they could come together actually did. They performed well. And I think it's up to Indy to try to recreate that same magic this year. Like I said, I think one of my I don't know. I can't quite put them at the top tier of teams, the ones who like legitimately, if they fail to win the championship, can be upset. But they're solidly in the second group of teams who winning it all is well within their range of possibilities. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got to make our tiers again because I think the tier system of of winning and and of being a really elite team versus a middling team versus a bad team. I think that worked well last year, even in the way it finished. So we got to do our draft this year. Oh yeah, we got to do our draft. Yeah, with thirty six teams in the league, it'll be just one side that will be left to Twitter. I love it. (laughs) That'll be seven sides among all of us. Um, I don't know who that one side is going to be left out. <laughs> Did we ever figure out like the point total on who actually won? I think whoever had Louisville, and I know I had Phoenix in my first pick, but I can't. Whoever had Louisville probably Which was won. Phil. It was Phil, right? I thought it was me, but I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I just recall that I had Phoenix. <laughs> I just ended up with like the right teams. It, it, it swung my way. I got lucky there. Um, Oh, I feel like Pony's talking and we can't hear him. Or no, I just hear something in the background. Sorry. Okay. No, uh, he, he, is, he is talking. I can't hear him. I see his mouth moving and I hear some mumbling. I think his volume's way down. No, I think your mic cuts in and out, buddy. It's the mic I sent you, so that's, that's on me. You want to try one more time, Pony? No, I was saying if we, if we could do a spreadsheet, have all the people who listen actually do something. That'd be cool. Add a spreadsheet for everyone. Um, that way everyone could do fans could have six teams and three sixteen or get six teams. Yeah, if we have a fan pick in there. Or that'd have to be like a really cool like live draft where each of us go through and then in the corrections department in the chat and it does their vote on who they want to pick at a certain time. We we'll have to talk about that off air. <laughs> no one wants no one wants to see how the sausage is made at the USL show. So we'll we'll move on on that one. Um, I'm not showing you my sausage. Well, okay, that makes one of us. So uh, <laughs> let me take a look at my notes. We have a lot more uh, signings to talk about, and I I know for sure this indie conversation and Nashville conversation and all these other teams. We're going to continue that um, as we go along. So let's move on. Um, an interesting. Um, signing that happened was Celtic went public with signing Andrew Gutman, I think, or Gutman. Um, he is the 2018 Mac Herman Trophy winner at Indiana, Univer- Indiana University. I think he's a midfielder because um, they were talking about how good he is going both ways. He signed with Nashville SC on loan from Celtic. Manny Perez, who just got done uh, doing really well with the U20s. He's a right back. Um, I think he's the son of Hugo Perez. Is that correct? He's an NC State product. Yeah, NC State product. He grew up there. Um, so you know, maybe he's not related to Hugo. So sorry if that's wrong. But um, I need I need the corrections department on that one. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's going back to his hometown club because he's also being loaned out from Celtic. Uh, but he made a good statement with the U twenties uh, this year. Um, one of the best U twenties our country's ever seen for sure. Um, so those are really cool guys to follow if you like to follow the kids, which I do, especially the uh, U.S. Nationals. That's one to watch. Um, Ryan, yeah, you're pretty close to uh, NCFC. How do you feel about Perez? Do you think he'll get time over there? I think he'll get time. It'll, it should be a good fit since he was in a local role at NC State, and he's just going to carry, which is basically great. His hometown team, I think it'll be a good fit. But what I'm more excited about is, at least as a Celtic supporter, is that they're investing in a lot more Americans. I mean, we're already seeing Timothy Way getting time up in Scotland. He scored twice in, I think, three matches that he's appeared in. Once in their Scottish Cup and then another one. And against, uh, I want to say Hamilton. Yeah, against Hamilton mm-hmm. at home. 
I just love that they're investing a lot more in Americans. I mean, you saw this transfer window how oh, like so many more Americans are going abroad. And I think it's good, especially to see a big club like Celtic wanting to take the chance. I think prior to Timothy Way joining the side, they only had one American all-time play for them. And now they've had three in the past couple of days. Plus, they went after Nagby, and that fell through. So that's another one. Um, but yeah, maybe they're the new Rangers um, signing a bunch of Americans. It's interesting. Uh, someone also made a nice shout. Um, who knows if it's true, but maybe they're also those guys are here because they uh, couldn't fig- figure out their visas. Who knows with Brexit and all that going on, um, if that's a, a possibility. But what I like is that we're seeing a lot of like U.S. youth internationals, even if they're signed abroad, coming back. And playing in the USL, like not MLS, they're not going to get time there. But uh, these guys are going to get a lot of minutes in, in the USL, it seems like. And I love that. I think it's really cool. Another thing that we could have seen last year was um, what Jonathan Lewis and James Sands both went down from NYCFC to Louisville City FC once Hackworth took over. So there's like a Hackworth used to work for uh, US soccer with the U17s. Sarakin, obviously, at NCFC used to, um, you know, be an assistant for Bruce Arena and, and was, you know, running the senior team for the national team here for a few months. Um, it's interesting to see those guys be trusted with youth internationals on loan, and it's really cool. Also cool, on, as a side note, is um, Jonathan Lewis getting time with the national team in the recent friendly. But I geek out about that kind of stuff. Did you guys enjoy that? Did you notice that Lewis... Um, Jonathan Lewis did pretty well in that friendly the other day. No one's watching the national team except me, it sounds like. So, sorry about that. We can nope. move on. <laughs> um, I have time to do that. about 6,000 in a 60,000 seat stadium. Yeah. Yeah, the attendance you're talking about, I think they had 9,000 people in a 66,000 stadium. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. And don't go blaming Phoenix for being a bad Phoenix. soccer city either. I know everyone's trying to do that, and uh, I think I think um, Sam Dorr was right in saying that's just ridiculous. Um, a lot of those people that were there were probably Phoenix Rising fans anyway. So let's move on to another signing. This one's really interesting. Jorge Herrera is someone that I follow every year because he does well. He's a great player. What I didn't know is that he's a 38-year-old Colombian scoring that many goals for a team every single year. He's just two goals behind Dan Kelly in all-time goals scored in the USL. I mean, come on. How much do you love that? Um, That's someone that I would have liked to have picked up in St. Louis, even at the age of 38 this year. Um, Anyone else pining for for Jorge over there? It's good to see him back. I mean, it goes from not really too relevant to back on the lower in the playoffs with him showing up. Yep, and Enzo's back too. I mean, Jorge and Enzo together, reunited again. That's going to be some good soccer for sure. It's 2016 all over again. Yep. <laughs> exactly. This way to watch is going to be that all-time goal race. I mean, Phil, you'll be familiar with it with McGuire and Sosa going at it with the uh, single-season home run total in St. Louis. <laughs> but I think that could, this could be a really exciting thing to follow. And at least another question that I, we were pondering in the um, Soccer and Sweets East Slack Chat earlier today was who retires sooner, Demarcus Beasley or Jorge Herrera? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. We got to make that a little more uh, apparent on Twitter. We got to bring that up, or at least Reddit. That seems like a Reddit kind of thing. 
Uh, the next signing is goalkeeper John McCarthy signing with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I didn't write any stats down for this guy because he's a union guy and he spent a lot of time with Bethlehem. Um, but now he's going to Tampa Bay. I thought Evan might be here by now, but I think we might be missing out on him tonight. But um, that's something to watch. He got a lot of time with the Union. Anyone else know anything about John McCarthy? I think he got a little time as a goalkeeper there. Yeah, um, they lost Mizell, right? Where did Mizell go? Did he go to Charlotte again? No, he didn't. Tampa. He went to Mexico, I think. Oh, New Mexico, yeah. Oh, New Mexico, yep. Okay, good. So McCarthy's replacing Mizell, big shoes to fill, but um, you know he was a, a tweener between MLS and USL, and those guys usually do just fine in a good system. So that's one to watch. Um, the only other signing is one that I'm going to talk too much about, um, and I've been talking too much already, but here we go. Wallfall to Ottawa Fury. This is huge. So I was huge on... Um, Charlie Ward going over to the Fury because I think he might change their look in the midfield as far as um, perhaps they will try to uh, hold the ball this year, uh, possess the ball, and now they got Wallfall right next to him who is, um, as they put it online, I think the USL wrote that article, this is perfectly said. He's a playmaking two-way player. He has played as center back, he's played as attacking midfielder, and he is a playmaker through and through. And so he goes both ways. This is a really quality player that really turned St. Louis around last year. To be honest, I'm really scared that Wallfall was the only thing that made us good last year. I'm hoping that's not the case, but when he came back, St. Louis was good. When he was gone, it didn't look too good. So Fury fans should be really happy with the way they're building the team this year. We'll see how they turn out. Anyone think Fury might be making a comeback this year? Would it be just for one year? <laughs> it would be just for one year one one and done comeback <laughs> you don't have to look bad again if you play one last year well in the usl I mean, some notable players fury have uh signed from other teams including forwards also a cristiano francois and a charlie ward from uh, san antonio yeah charlie ward is someone i have loved and i think is going to be really good for them but i'm not sure there's no proof in that but um i do think i, I have a good feeling about him being there yeah, I don't think Ottawa's going to be great, but I think they're one of the kind of like classic kind of the first attacker official round for the playoffs where hmm. I could see him getting that 6-7-8 team and just getting crushed in the first round. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let's make the rounds here, and everybody can talk about uh, where you can be found online. Kev, let's start with you, buddy. I am on Twitter, at PDX and... I probably haven't logged into Twitter in about a month. So, well, today I logged in today, <laughs> but before that, I think that was the first. Before today was the first time of 2019. So, I assume it's a job thing. You've been really busy. You got a promotion recently. So is that I what's have? Going on? So yeah. So I I got promoted to manager of my department, and I uh, hired a uh, you know a new analyst in first of December, and we've been training him, and I've got a new support specialist starting uh, Monday. So. Um, lots of training people, getting people up to speed, setting a lot of my goals for 2019 uh, for the department and for the company because my department helps my company make all the money. So <laughs> when I make when I make a mistake, we lose ten thousand dollars. When I don't make them, when I when I do things right, we make ten thousand dollars. So uh, it's important that I do a good job, and I love working there so much that I've probably spent a little bit too much time this winter there. But actually, I did get a week off in December, like around Christmas, spend with my family. So. Good. That's important. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, we wish you the best on that. And uh, if he's not around all the time, we all know why now. Um, it's very yeah. understandable. <laughs> uh, Ryan, where can guys find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan, mainly just tweeting out stats and everything. We just tweeted out, or I, alongside of Lauren Allen, just tweeted out uh, one stat talking about the uh, where all the countries players are from in a 2018 USL. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Pony, where, where can people find you? We talked about it earlier, but repeat it. <laughs> yeah, still on Twitter at IronPonyChef. That's the only spot you can find me since I don't use any other social media. <laughs> it's true. You're, you're not even on Slack. Come on, man. I think you'd no. like it. No Slack, no Facebook, no Snapchat, <laughs> no Instagram. All right, right. Man. It's like I'm 50. <laughs> do your thing do your thing um all right uh that's it we are going we've decided we're going every other week in the off season um the season could be a grind for us as well so look for us in two weeks on thursday night you know nine or ten p.m eastern we'll figure it out and we'll tweet it out as soon as we find out which is often like an hour or two before we start <laughs> So sorry about that, but that's the off season, folks. Um, we're about to hit the preseason, and uh, it sounds like we're going to start talking about spreadsheets and tiers and and who's going to make the playoffs. So that's nothing but good that Pony's starting to talk that way because we start getting our, our stuff together once that happens. Um, as I mentioned before, we do have a, a show called League One Fun now, uh, talking about League One in the USL, and it's off to a good start. It's getting a lot of buzz. Do check that out if you uh, would like to. Uh, kind of find out about USL League One. They do Wednesday nights at the same time. So that's nice and easy. Um, and then after that, all I have to do is say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks for logging in, everybody. We'll talk to you next. Oh, in two weeks. Thank you. <laughs>